1212. We're back. This is the we haven't really given this a, a, a proper name. I guess it's this the war draft preview draft uh prospect watch. You know, this is it's a couple different things we can name this, but uh we're this is our special look, our continuing look at draft prospects in the NFL draft coming up next month, the tail end of April, one of the biggest events of the football calendar, the sports calendar as a whole, and uh, definitely a, a big event for building and maintaining excellence in the NFL, and we are we are we are Regal Radio, of course, as always. And this is Kyle Means, editorial director of WeAreRegalRadio.com, and with me is Ryan Bukovetsky, our main man. Nailed it. I stuck the landing right. Yeah, our main man writing. <laughs> Thank you, our main man covering the NFL and the Chicago Bears for WeAreRegalRadio.com. He has been hooking us up with great uh, uh, profiles. Uh, scouting reports on uh, possible uh, targets for the Bears each week here on uh, on WeAreRegalRadio.com. And these podcasts, what we're doing with these podcasts is supplementing that coverage that he's offering through those posts. And uh, we, we look at, with these podcasts, we look at the person who he's previously wrote, written about for the site and also look at other uh, for people at that position who the Bears may want to, who the Bears may end up with or if they're targeting that position as much as we think they are, as well as other top talents at that position. So if you look at last week's uh, article, you can read it now on com. Ryan uh, took a look at safeties, uh, at one safety in particular, Amani Hooker, which is a top-flight talent out of the University of Iowa. He uh, wrote about his possibility of being a uh, a bear, a future bear. And uh, Hooker, uh, like I said, all Big Ten guy. Uh, like I said, a lot of talent, some ball, great ball hawking ability, and uh, a guy who looks like possibly could be in the third round for the Bears in their first, uh, which would be their first pick. As uh, we had to explain again, if you missed last week. The Bears' first pick is at in the third round this year, the 87th pick overall in the draft. They're not; they don't have a pick in the first two rounds this year because of trades that they made. Uh, the Khalil Mack trade took away their first round pick uh, that's now belonging to the Oakland Raiders, and they made a, a trade also in the second round for uh, which they wound up selecting Anthony Miller, the uh, gifted young receiver out of Memphis. Uh, who's now on the team. So they got him and essentially gave up their second-round pick for this year uh, in, in getting him. So the Bears are now uh, – they won't even pick on the first night of the draft this year. So it takes away a little bit of the uh, excitement go- looking forward to the draft because when you're a high-picking you know, when you're a high picking team, there's that, uh, there's that uh, whole worry of – of you know where will they go? Will they go for the best pick available? Will they go for the best fitting talent? You know the the stakes are much higher when you're picking in the top ten as the Bears unfortunately uh, typically do. But when you're not picking in that at that level, 
there is the benefit of being a better team, and the Bears are a better team right now. They're a winning team, and a team that's a lot of this is expected of them going forward in 2019. And for that matter, too, because a lot is expected of the Bears, you know, there can be a lot that could be expected of these, these mid-round picks that they have. These could be guys who come in and contribute right away to the Bears. They're, they're pretty much all going to be asked to contribute right away because this is a team that won 12 games last year and they're not going to want to stop. They don't want, they don't want to stop their progression going forward. So, uh, Ryan, as we start off with your, with your analysis here, man, let us know about what targeting a safety could mean for the Bears and, uh, you know, what safeties along with Omani are, uh, no good options for the Bears in this draft class. Absolutely. And first of all, thanks again, Kyle, for having me on and talking with you about Bears prospects. It's obviously something we've been doing, like you pointed out, week after week. And we uh, can't wait to give you all the information on potential Bears players in this upcoming draft. And as you pointed out, uh, the first pick will likely be in the third round unless Ryan Pace gets off to his uh, draft day trades and maybe tries to sneak into uh, day one or at least in the early part of day two rather than waiting till the end of day three when they'll be picking, like you mentioned, at 87. You know, in a lot of ways, it could be a benefit for the Bears with this draft class because I've heard uh, mixed reviews really overall when you talk about the overall talent of the class. It just doesn't feel like they have the home run hitters in the top end of the draft like you normally have, or especially that we've seen the last couple seasons in the draft. But uh, when you look at the middle rounds, there's a lot of depth and a lot of different positions, edge rusher, running back, like we talked about last week, safety, like we're going to talk about today. So there's a lot of areas where the Bears can try to improve themselves. And when we talk about the draft, and you pointed out how monumentally important it is in the NFL and really the sports calendar because that's where you really build championship teams. It's through the drafts. Free agency is fun. There's a lot of headlines and a lot of great stuff to talk about. And certainly this year there was a plethora of storylines with receivers being traded and big names going across the league and going to different teams. And it's going to be a new look. Rarely do teams win championships when they win free agency. It's Always about the draft, collecting draft value and stock, getting compensatory picks, and building yourself through that machine. And for the Bears, you know they, they're going to be scouting a little bit differently than they've been the last few years, and especially under Ryan Pace because they won't be in the top ten for once. And maybe that's going to give them a little bit of an advantage over some of the other teams who have those earlier picks. Because obviously, if you have a first rounder. You're going to spend as much time on that pick as you can compared to the other picks because you want to nail that first round. That's where your best player should come from in theory. And then you do your homework, obviously, on the next round and the next guys. But you want to make sure that the top of your draft is set. For the Bears, they are building their draft board, and they're going to probably start around uh, that early second round selection time, maybe like eight, maybe a little bit after that. And they're going to try to figure out which prospects they have no chance at and then start building it from there of some guys that might fall to them. And uh, like we did last week with the running backs, and I think it's really great for all the fans listening to this uh, podcast that we're putting out there because 
We're going to try to identify guys that make sense for the Bears, especially in that third round. And then we're going to look at some guys that maybe might be value picks towards the end, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Uh, and then, of course, we'll talk about some of the top-end guys, guys that will likely not be there for the Bears unless something crazy happens. But just to give everybody an overall flavor of what the top-end talent of the class is, and looking at the safety class in particular, you're going to find a lot of mixed opinions on guys, but a lot of guys grade this class pretty highly. I think there's a lot of different athletes and players out there. If you need a safety that could be kind of that free range center fielder there's guys and there's a few different guys throughout the draft that you can look at to potentially fill that role you need that in the box safety same thing with the center fielders you have guys throughout the draft that can potentially fill that role there's big nickel safeties there's all types of uh, contributor or part-time safety players that you can use depending on your scheme and how creative it is so a lot of different players and kind of write about Amani Hooker because big boards across uh, experts throughout uh, gathering research on this throughout the web and a lot of guys had Amani Hooker at number 87 felt he was the 87th best player overall in this draft and that happens to be the Bears selection so I thought that that would be a perfect spot and looking at the safety position for the Bears you have uh, the kind of big free agent acquisition of Haha ha Clint Dix who replaces him and the combination of Clinton Dix and Jackson, Eddie Jackson, could be terrific. And we'll be talking about that throughout the year and when the season comes up. You might have a really nice safety pair there. But Clinton Dix is likely a one-year solution. So they're going to have to try to find a player to replace him. And no better time than potentially this draft in finding a guy that can maybe become that next starter next to Eddie Jackson. What likely Clinton Dix will move on, assuming he has a good season and will sign some kind of big deal elsewhere. But looking specifically at Amani Hooker, he is a guy that, like we talked about, could be around that third round selection. He's got some athleticism, but he's not a freak athletically. He posted a 448 40 yard dash time, which is pretty solid. He had a bird jump of 37 showed that explosion and pretty good three cone drill as well as 20 yard shuttle. He was consistent in the top 10 or the uh, top of the different uh, combine events and posting those results. For example, he was uh, the first out of all defensive backs with his vert jump of 37 inches. He's a very instinctual player, and a lot of people across the league, scouts and front office personnel, really like that about him. They think he's obviously got enough size and speed to be an effective NFL player, but what's really going to make him a star if he becomes one, is his instincts and his coverage ability. Some good ball skills, soft position, as we talked about. He's got to the NFL side, his empathy in run support. But he does uh, not have that necessarily recovery speed, so he's going to have to be very uh, tactical with his technique and his fundamentals. And sometimes he can use his instincts a little too aggressively and get burned by uh, seeing a play that may not quite develop there. But overall, he would be, I think, a pretty nice fit next to Eddie Jackson because you want that Eddie Jackson safety next to him to be a tackle or be a guy that can come down on him. But ideally, in uh, Chuck 
have two safeties that can be relied upon for deep coverage as well as covering guys over the middle and uh, playing one-on-one almost as a corner because of the fact that he wants to move safeties around and bring different blitzes and change up the disguises so quarterbacks can't key on certain looks that they see pre-snap. So Amani Hooker is a guy that uh, I would think a lot of Bears fans would be excited to see and probably a lot of people did see being at Iowa. Yeah. And uh, he, he's certainly a player that could uh, bring some excitement. And he had uh, a nice, solid career in the Big Ten. Maybe not something spectacular, but he had six interceptions for his last year, his junior year, his previous season. He had seven pass deflections, which improved upon two for his sophomore season. So he is a guy that uh, can uh, make some plays downfield. Yes, you know, a couple things there, uh, you know, uh, jumping off what you mentioned, I think uh, the familiarity with Hooker will, will definitely help here in this area, you know, you got a lot of Iowa Bear fans for that matter, but even with uh, people in Illinois and elsewhere, you figure that people have seen Hooker in, in um, action at some point. And Iowa really, uh, I think they they've have, they have a good reputation for uh, producing uh, some good pro players as of late. You know, a lot of uh, linemen and tight ends in particular but uh, also some skilled players on both sides of the ball as well. Uh, you know, I'm going back. Wasn't Bob Sanders a uh, Hawkeye, I believe? I think he was. I had to look that up. But, um, you know, they, they, had some, they had some guys who, you know, actually Iowa knows how to produce some, some really good uh, pro-level guys at, uh, as far as under Kirk Ferentz. And, um, you know, uh, I think one thing too with with uh, Hooker in comparison to maybe a Amos, who you, you know you think he you know he's really going to be sort of replacing Amos in the long term scheme of the Bears, is that you have a a guy who can make plays as opposed to Amos, who really is uh, you know a, a guy who was more of a tackler, more of a guy who you know, a, a gritty guy as opposed to, you know, Jackson, who really was doing his thing, who really does his thing as a as a playmaker, as a ball hawker. Hooker looks like a guy who can uh, really hawk the ball as well. And that's definitely something that uh, you would want to, to take advantage of if you're the Bears. We get a young guy who can hawk the ball. So that's that with Hooker. Uh, like I said, uh, you no know, read more of, of what Ryan has to say about Hooker and you know, get a look at his measurables and everything, some highlights of him on WeAreRegalRadio.com now. And, uh, you know, Hooker, like you said, uh, a lot of people have him right at 87 in, in the draft, but a lot of different things happen on draft days and stuff, you know, trades and everything. Bears may trade up or down or uh, other uh, a team, another team may be targeting Hooker and they may trade in front of the Bears and, and intercept him, as it were, before the Bears get him. So I'm sure there have to be some backups uh, if if they're really targeting a safety in this draft. So what uh, what are some of those guys who you, who you know could also be a possibility for the Bears be it in the third round or maybe in, in any of the other later rounds. 
Yeah, that's that's a great point, Kyle. I mean, the 87th player, you know, if somebody rates him the 50th best player, Hooker might not be there then at 87. And if the Bears decide that, hey, safety is an area we want to target, especially in that third-round pick because we got a few guys that we really like and fit in that uh, 87 area, I think these might be some of the other names that they consider at that spot, and uh, there's some interesting prospects, because you look at uh, this next name that I'm going to give you, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out of Florida, has a lot of mixed opinions about him, because he is a uh, big guy coming out at uh, 5'11", 210 pounds, and he has a 4.48 40-yard dash, didn't uh, quite have a ton with the bench press at 17, but his, vert, his vertical was 36 inches, just an inch shorter than uh, Amani Hooker, who we just talked about. The rest of his measurables are pretty solid, so he definitely has the measurables that you want to see coming out of the combine. And looking at uh, some of his scouting reports, some teams are going to view him as a big slot defender who can blitz and support the run, maybe handle some zone duties or play man on some bigger receivers or tight ends. Other guys are going to view him as a cover one safety that you can put in the center field, a la Eddie Jackson on the Bears. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe a team like the Bears or anybody else, how they view him and where they think he will be best able to help out the team. He is a guy that uh, is a little bit uh, too heavy on his athleticism and needs to work a little bit on his reaction, his reads, because uh, he could be a little bit better at breaking up passes and maybe making some interceptions if he was a little bit sooner and a little bit faster. And some of that might be instincts. He doesn't quite have those instincts like we talked about with with Hooker, but he has that talent. He has the versatility. He's got the measurables. So depending on how he's able to put it together, his ceiling could be extremely high or it could just be right where it's at right now. All right. And another guy to definitely keep in mind is Juan Thornhill out of, uh, I believe, Virginia Tech. Juan Thornhill was uh, a really nice player at, uh, I'm sorry, he was at Virginia, not Virginia Tech. Six foot, 205 pounds, ran a 4.4240, so he's got a lot of speed. His NFL comparison by some is actually a ha-ha Clinton Dix of the Bears, so maybe he would make sense. He was a three-year starter who brought uh, instincts and ball skills with him, and he converted from cornerback to safety this past uh, season in college. And it seems like that's a potential spot where teams view him as a corner and want to make it maybe move him back there. But a lot of people view him as a safety and maybe actually complement. And uh, he's a guy that's not afraid to come up and hit somebody either. But more of a uh, center field seat type, and it'll be interesting to see if he is a guy that uh, teams put value on. Because obviously, when you talk about center field types, they're going to be probably a little bit more coveted than the in the box safety. That might change some of these players being drafted. Because as I pointed out before, you have very mixed opinions on guys in the draft, especially when you get into like rounds three through the rest. Some guys might have a guy as a potential NFL starter if you draft third, and that same guy might be dropped down to a fifth or sixth round player because people view him as just skills that need to be developed. So a lot of mixed opinions throughout, 
And uh, these guys that I mentioned in Thornhill and Gardner Johnson, along with Hooker, are some of the guys that are really the top end part of the safety class when you talk about that third round. And one final guy I want to give you in that same spot is Darnell Savage Jr. out of Maryland. Uh, Darnell is another guy with uh, a really nice speed burst at a 4.3640. He tested pretty well with uh, the three-cone drill and the 20-yard shuttle as well. He uh, is a little bit smaller at 198 pounds, so durability is a little bit of a concern with him for some NFL scouts. But uh, he has uh, really good instincts, has the IQ, obviously has the speed that you want at that position. He's not necessarily small, even though he's at 198. He's uh, at 5'11", so he does have uh, at least the height that you would like out of that safety position. He does like to come down for some downhill tackling. It kind of reminds me a little bit of a Bob Sanders type almost, but maybe a little bit more of a coverage player than Bob was because he was more of a physical down-the-box safety that could make plays on the football. He's got sticky cover skills by some, and uh, depending on how you look at him, if you feel like size and durability could be an issue, maybe he uh, isn't as valued, but to other people, he might be a steal potentially in the draft because a lot of people are going to value his speed that he has because he has a lot of it. And he was pretty durable in college. He played 12 games last year, 12 games the year before at Maryland. So durability isn't necessarily concerned with him. But uh, obviously that size is kind of the one thing that's holding up NFL execs from pushing him potentially higher. But that doesn't mean that he won't go in the second round or maybe even sneak into the late first. Okay, okay. Yeah. We look at uh, other guys who may go high in the draft, maybe higher than even the Bears may uh, want to trade up to. What, what are some of those guys who you think are really going to be uh, defining this class of uh, safeties this year in the draft? Well, it's kind of going off of opinion from various drafts, experts, and scouts. Uh, I believe these four guys are probably going to be gone by the time the Bears draft. They seem to be the guys that are the class of the safety group for this 2019 draft. And the first name I'll give you is an Alabama corner, Deontay uh, Thompson. He is, uh, of course, one of those guys that Alabama produces seemingly all the time, an athletic freak that uh, definitely shows all the uh, skills that you would like to see out of your center field free safety. He's at six foot one, 195 pounds. So uh, he has a pretty good size overall, a little bit short, uh, smaller than what we talked about with uh, uh, Darnell Savage Jr. So those kind of size durability question marks remain with him as uh, he heads into the draft and that may cause him to slide down a little bit, but other than that, he's got as much talent as really anybody at the safety position in ball range, or good range and ball skills, and uh, even though he had some inconsistencies against Oklahoma and Clemson in the playoffs last year, he might need a little bit more time to develop, but he does show that back-end play, his uh, frame shows the ability to add on a little bit more weight, so he'll probably get bigger. And with his traits, his instincts, his talents, it's likely that he'll probably go at least in the second round. 
maybe late third round, or I'm sorry, uh, towards the beginning of the third round, uh, but it could go as high as the first round for sure. Uh, Nasir Adderley is another guy to keep an eye on, and he's going to come from uh, a familiar place for Bears head coach Matt Nagy, who uh, played at Delaware, and that's exactly where Adderley is from. So Division Two school, FCS, he's six foot. Uh, even at 206 pounds, so really good size overall. Not a ton known about him as much as some of the other top guys as he did play at the FCS. He did have a pretty solid career with a total of 11 interceptions and uh, had four of them last season alone. He's looked at as a potential playmaker, but other scouts are kind of questioning his background somewhat and if he is uh, really consistent enough to play at the NFL level because he's shown too many inconsistencies with recognition and response as a safety with uh, these FCS schools, but he does have that size, the ability, the ball skills that you covet for a potential guy that could be an all-around great safety. And it seems like really with Adderley, it's about can he make the progression to the next level because everything else seems to be plus enough for him to be an effective NFL player at that safety position. Uh, another guy that's rising up draft boards throughout this draft process has been Jonathan Abram out of Mississippi State. 5'11", 205 pounds, ran a 4.4540, so has that kind of skill or that speed and that size that you're looking for out of that position. He uh, played pretty well at Mississippi State with a uh, total of uh, two interceptions, but all came his last year, and that's when he moved to safety. He was originally with Georgia in 2015, transferred to Mississippi State. They started him off as a defensive back and then moved to safety last year, and that's when he had the, his best season by far. So he looks like a natural at that safety position, not necessarily the uh, athletic freak center field type, but does have that blend of being that physical downhill safety tackle, but has that coverage skill. So he can be deployed in a multitude of ways, and he can also be that big nickel, depending on how teams view him. But he should be another guy, because of how he's moved up, that uh, he will likely not be available for the Bears when they pick in the third round. And a guy that could potentially fall a little bit and might be there for the Bears, but I would still think he's still at the top where it's likely he won't fall that low is Taylor Rapp out of Washington. He was a versatile three-year starter, has a lot of football intelligence, loves the game of football, plays at a high level. He isn't a big guy overall, but he plays much bigger than what his frame would suggest. He's a six-foot interceptions in college, and that was all being the defense back. Played every single game, 13 a season. Had a total of six pass deflections. Four of them came last season. He uh, doesn't have quite the speed that you're looking for at that safety position. He didn't run a 40-yard dash, but he ran pretty well in the 20-yard shovel as well as the uh, three-cone drill. So he is an interesting prospect, maybe a little bit more of an in-the-box safety than that center field type, but certainly a guy with his uh, versatility and how well Washington played overall as a defense 
one of the top defenses in the nation year in and year out under uh, Chris Peterson. So uh, he might be a guy that maybe if he's sitting there late second round, early third round, that the Bears would try to jump up and get if they had an opportunity to do so. Okay. All right. Sounds interesting, man. Uh, you know, the, definitely we look at uh, across the board on the, in the league nowadays, safety, uh, you know, safety is, is, is valuable, valuable position, uh, remains a valuable position on defense as there is. You know, like I said, when you have a guys who can mix the ability to make plays in open field with also uh, tackling well and, uh, you know, being able to uh, maintain uh, some type of authority, both with run and pass defenses, that's, you know, you have something special. And I, with the Bears, you know, we've been blessed with some good safeties through, uh, throughout the years. And uh, Eddie Jackson has seen to emerge as another very special one. And, uh, the you know, Amos was, like, like I said a little earlier, more of a workman-like guy who – built himself up to some value in the league, but not necessarily a guy who, you know, uh, the Bears prioritized in bringing back. You know, it seemed like, you know, it seemed like he was itching to get more money than the Bears really wanted to offer him this year. Luckily, though, uh, high Clinton Dix comes on, onto the market, uh, a fellow Alabama guy, and he seems uh, to slide in real well right next to Eddie. Uh, the you know having two uh, tied guys in the back uh, definitely will please our guys Ken Davis and, uh, and Tony Gill, uh, both diehard Alabama guys, uh, to see them in the Bears jerseys coming up this year. Uh, right quick, man, off offer your your thoughts on uh, you know how you know fortunate or or not <laughs> do you think the Bears were in, in being able to pick up Ha Ha Clinton Dix to put him next to Jackson. Yeah, I think it, it was extremely fortunate for them. And you look at the price tag, one year, $3.5 million. Yeah. Total deal. And Clint Dix is a guy that has proved it sort of already. And kind of a head scratch move last year when Green Bay traded him over to Washington. I felt uh, like they were giving up on a good player. And you saw maybe a little bit of a drop off in his play the last uh, season or two, but a guy that's a pro bowler that's been in a pro and has uh, 14 career interceptions, I believe. So a playmaking type, no doubt about it, and versatility that they bring. And, and that's really the key because I think in Pagano's system, maybe more so than Fangio's, the safeties are going to be expected to do more than what they do. Obviously, when the quarterback comes to the line, the first thing he's looking at is what's the safety situation? Do we have a single high? Do we have two deep? What are my options in terms of throwing down the field? And then you work your way down uh, your progression reads as the defense uh, presents itself. So having that safety and Clinton Dix that can maybe be your center fielder and bringing Jackson to the line of scrimmage, to me, is a little exciting because as we've seen from Jackson, it's not just an intercepting guy. If that ball is on the ground, he's the kind of guy that can take fumbles to the house. It's oh, yeah. Like when he gets his hands around the football, really good things happen for the Bears. And he's around the line of scrimmage. Maybe that presents some more opportunities with Eddie Jackson's versatility. But overall, I, I would expect the Bears to continue to 
Jackson primarily as their center fielder, with Dix kind of coming underneath, playing tight ends and big receivers. So the mix, I think, will work really well, and especially when you're looking at the safety that they could potentially bring in if they decide to draft somebody. Uh, I would think Pagano's going to look for a guy, and we saw it last year when uh, Eddie Jackson went down, bringing in Deion Bush. Was Bush amazing or anything like that when he came in? No, but he was able to solidify the position. He was able to be at the right spots and know his assignments. And then he made tackles when he had the opportunity. He just doesn't have the ball skills Jackson has. And I would think uh, Brian Pace, knowing how incredibly important defensive backs are, you can never really have too many because injuries happen and that position can get decimated really quick when you look at both corners and safety. They let go of DeAndre Houston Carson earlier this year, so they already kind of down to safety. I would think that they're going to try to find a guy that can be a contributor, and that's why I would think safety is going to be high up on Pace's list, especially looking at the depth of this class. Yeah, so there you go, Bears fans. Let's, let's uh, look and see. You know, we do have a couple of starters uh, at safety uh, lined up now, but depth is always an issue in the NFL. You can't have too much talent at any spot, and you know injuries happen. Like you know, we had the tough injury with Eddie Jackson late last year, and that may have made a bit of a difference in what happened against the Eagles. So, you know, if you have uh, some like that happen this year, where he or Dix goes down for any amount of time, it you know it would be nice to have a, a young rookie with some talent be able to slide in and, uh, you know, maybe take some downs from him or, or maybe have to start a game or two. You know, you never know. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see if the Bears will go that route any time in the draft, be it in the third round or or uh, or later. And, uh, you know, before we go, though, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, with HaHa, and, and I think that was part of the narrative you know, looking at looking from the outside in, you know, some people may have wondered, you know, why did Green Bay give up on him? And eventually here you have this sort of trade off where Green Bay gets Amos and the Bears get, uh, you know, haha. And I think in, uh, in the past you may have, you know, if you're a Bears fan, you may have worried about such a, such a trade off because, you know, Green Bay was, uh, you know, beat, beaten up as far as uh, scouting goes and, uh, front office work goes. They were for a long time beating the Bears, you know. I, but I think at this point, that's something you don't necessarily have to worry about as much, because I I, w- I would think that there's few guys who can uh, really out think Ryan Pace right now in the league, and I think they got you know the new guy that they got up there in Green Bay. I'm not I forget the name, but uh, I, I'm not I, I wouldn't necessarily put him up there as a as a thinker as an overall thinker and uh uh you know measurer of talent yet you know he still has to prove himself so uh to that end the bears and packers rivalry continues on in the offseason here and it'll continue on uh in the very first game of the nfl season coming up this year the 100th nfl season and the uh it's been announced today if you hadn't heard that the Bears and Packers will play that first game, that Thursday night game, not the first Sunday night game like they did this past year, but the first, very first game of the NFL season, they will play that game. That's a game that's usually been uh, associated with the the uh, defending Super Bowl champion. They usually host 
those uh, initial Thursday night games on NBC. But this year is going to be the Bears and the Packers. This is a nod. This is the league giving a nod to its history and its tradition. The Bears and Packers have played more the, uh, each other more than any other team, uh, any other uh, rivalry, I should say, in the history of the league. They're two of the charter franchises of the league. And uh, definitely uh, a ple- it should be a pleasure for us in Chicago because that game will be played at Soldier Field uh, to have the first game of this uh, all-important NFL season, this historic season. So, uh, Ryan, before we go, man, uh, I know we we talk we usually talk in the draft here and and uh, on these episodes, but, but just give a little thought on on the Bears and Packers opening up the season here, coming up. Yeah, I, hearing the news today, I was extremely excited, Kyle, because a lot of rich uh, storylines going into this, and as you pointed out, with Clint Dix being traded sort of for Adrian Amos. Packers feel they're getting the type of safety, that inbox safety, durability that they need. The Bears feel like they're getting that playmaking type that they wanted at that position. And, uh, you know, we talked about obviously having Dix and Jackson together. But also, too, with the connection between Kyle Fuller, the cornerback of the Bears, and Clinton Dix, because they were drafted in the same year, and there was a big debate in Chicago whether the Bears should draft HaHa Clinton Dix or Kyle Fuller. And then, of course, it worked out that the Bears drafted Fuller. The Packers got Clint Diggs. It seemed like the Packers won that uh, early on in Diggs' career. But as of late, it seems like the Bears are winning that decision with Kyle Fuller, especially last season. And then you look at last season. What was game one? Game one was Sunday night football with the Bears and Packers. The Bears gave that game away, really. And the debut of Khalil Mack with Aaron Rodgers getting injured. So it's set up for a really intriguing start of the season. And I think there's no better way for the NFL to celebrate its 100-year anniversary than having uh, the Bears, who are also celebrating their 100 years, have uh, hosting the Packers at Soldier Field. It's going to be a, a really interesting game, Kyle. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, and as you now to the GM for the Packers, Ryan uh, Gutekunst, uh, I believe that's how it is pronounced. That's what I'm seeing online, so don't quote me on that. But uh, <laughs> you got to work uh, on that now. Trying to rebuild the Packers a little bit with more of an emphasis on the draft, and as you pointed out, I don't think Bears fans have as much anxiety over what the uh, Packers are doing front office wise because it seems like the draft is actually favoring the Bears. It seems like they have more of those players out of the draft that are playmakers. So it's going to come down to Aaron Rodgers and the help that he gets with these couple first-round selections that the Packers have, as well as some of the deals that they made in free agency, which is very odd for them. And then with the Bears, you've got Mitch Trubisky in an all-important third year, along with all the talent he has and a lot of expectations. Both sides, I think, are going to be looking at that as a very important game, an emphasis game to starting off their season outright. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, you know, uh, I think when you look at how divisive the Patriots are and, you know, this uh, this past Super Bowl was kind of a downer in, in a lot of ways. I think this is a good year to go away from that typical formula for the opener. I think, uh, you know, you know, people still want to see Brady, definitely. But, you know, in this matchup, you'll have Rodgers, who, you know, is uh, maybe 1A, 1B as far as popularity with quarterbacks in the league. And you, you got Trubisky, and you, who is a rising guy, you know, who stands to get a lot more attention as the Bears keep winning. 
The Bears themselves are always a, a good draw on, on uh, national TV. Uh, you know, uh-huh. Bears have a you know you have a national fan base. You could say, uh, and you know, yeah, it's it's just gonna be pretty fun. Uh, I think when when with the weather still should be good on the lakefront. Uh, you know, of course, people like to see the snow and stuff here too, but that should be a that should be a fun game to see in uh, early September with two offenses that are going to be trying to you know get to establish themselves again this season and uh the defenses as well you know trying to ball hawk and do and make plays and you know and we look at that game too last year that was a great game that happened it was it was pain it was nerve-wracking and painful for bears fans because we had such a perfect first half that gave way to that uh horrific second half but you know, I, I would think for people who weren't so emotionally involved, it had to have been a great game to look at because you had, you know, great play on both sides. And then you had uh, Rodgers sort of come through at the end and, uh, you know, show out and, and, and steal the game. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be fun to see the Bears and the Packers. And, and it's good to, you know, being a Bears fan, to know that your team is part of the history of the of the league and such a vital part of the history of the league, you know, with it with our blood rivals and everything like that. It's it's real football. It's real, uh, you know, uh, traditional stuff. And is but it's also going to be us competing again for another NFC title and NFC North title, I should say, and uh, trying to make a big impact on, at right at the beginning of the year. So, yeah, the the, the countdown is coming, man. It's uh, months still months away. We we count down the draft, but you know, as Bears fans, we we could really look forward to the season too. It's gonna be uh, we have to get those calendars marked up, man, and, and count start counting down the days. Oh yeah, and I think last year that loss I think helped mature the team and get them sort of on the right path a little bit. Not to say that a victory wouldn't have set them up for the same kind of success, but seeing how, how difficult it is to win a game as a young team, I expect uh, Bears to put a lot of emphasis on this game, knowing that this is a team that's coming for them. The Packers want to be the division champions again. They want to beat Aaron Rodgers. And as you pointed out, with uh, the profile of the Bears team, it's great nationally. And when the Bears are especially good, they get an even better draw. And so I, I agree. I think the NFL did a great job. They're moving the Patriots to Sunday Night Football, and right now this rivalry stands at 97, 95, and 6, with the Packers up by 2. And so uh, I'm sure the Bears and the players from both sides, I think, are going to get a little anticipating the 100 mark, and I think they're going to get excited about it. This rivalry, I think, is going to come back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe so, too. And I definitely agree with what you said about the impact. It might have been even it might have been for the best. I mean, you can argue it all day, but it might have been for the best that they actually lost that first game last year instead of winning it. I agree. You know, because uh, I think it really put a fire under that team that they knew how good, they found out how good they were in that moment, and they found out what it was to, to lose when they shouldn't lose. And, uh, you know, they they didn't lose much after that. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, man. It's going to be a big one. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I'm trying to have something else I was gonna say about that about that Bears and Packers, but 
Uh, you know, like well, I say, one thing uh, that I'm kind of keeping an eye on, then I don't know, maybe this is what you were going at, but go one thing that fascinates me about this matchup is the new Packers quarterback, or the new coach. How does that offense run? And how does Nagy's offense run in year two when he's, well, he's talked about it takes three years to implement an offense? Year two, there should be a big difference. And last year was great seeing what the Bears were doing offensively. If they're going to get even better, I mean, man, the, just the, the mystery behind both teams and how they're going to look on the field is going to, I think, add that extra level of excitement on top of everything else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like you say, the there's the, an abundant uh, abundancy of storylines that are going into this game is, like I said, just, just because the uh, the two teams haven't been the winningest teams as of late, it doesn't mean that they're not going to put on a good contest that's going to be interesting to football fans across the, the nation. All that, the one thing I was going to get, yeah, you mentioned the overall record. And uh, they say the Bears are two games behind now, right? 97 and 95? Yep. Yeah, so six ties. Six ties, yeah. Yeah, we, we'll leave those ties alone. We'll leave the ties to Minnesota and Green Bay. But, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully. Yeah, right. Hopefully it'll be a 97 up at the at the end of 2019. So uh, we'll see. We'll definitely see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, let's leave it at that, man. Another great job, Ryan, man, uh, uh, going over another position here, the safeties. And uh, let's uh, talk right quick. Uh, your your next post coming up uh, Tuesday on WeAreRegalRadio.com. You're going to be delving into the tight ends, right? Yeah, I think uh, maybe an underrated storyline of the Bears' uh, offseason needs might be that tight end position. So I wanted to uh, give some prospects and give some takes on uh, how critical it might be for them to draft the tight end in this upcoming draft. Cool, cool. It, it, this is definitely something I haven't heard too much about. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that one. And uh, you guys can look forward to reading it too Tuesday on WeAreRegalRadio.com. And not long, bef- not long uh, before that, you'll hear this podcast as well on Anchor FM. So thanks for listening, guys. And uh, keep reading Ryan's great work. And read all our guys on WeAreRegalRadio.com. Support us on uh, Anchor FM. Please subscribe or through Anchor or any of our other platforms on uh, podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, and TuneIn, among others. And, uh, yeah, I love it when you support, support us, rate us, and, uh, yeah, show us some love. Two on the donation front, man. If you if you can, we do have donation links. Uh, we do some, uh, you know, work pretty hard here. We want to give you more, better, more quality uh, content going forward. So if you can, if you find in your hearts to uh, donate, we appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's it, man. For now, with the with the draft preview, we'll be back next week with another hot uh, hot segment for you and. Uh, that's it, man. Let's uh, let's go out on that one. Bear down, y'all, and uh, stay up. Have a good one. All right.